episode 23 of the Coach Fury podcast. I'm continuing my string of powerful women guests in fitness with my former teammate, my buddy, recent LA transplant, the show choir captain herself, and now owner of HK Fitness in Los Angeles, Stephanie Wilberding. I'm really excited for you to hear our conversation. She literally, at the time of the recording of this, literally opened doors two weeks prior to this. Um, really cool, really bold moves. Move it across the country, open up the gym, check it out. She's also the first person to license MFF Snatched program. So we get into a lot of stuff over there. But before that, there's a lot of stuff going on right here in Brooklyn. Today, the day this podcast is released, classes have launched at Fury Industries, aka my home gym. Head on over to CoachFury.com for membership options, the class schedule. I'm really excited about this. We've got a, a small group of people heading in. This is small group classes, uh, kettlebells, ultimate sandbags, original strength stuff, bodyweight resistance bands. Folks, the stuff that I go out and I travel and I teach to other trainers and enthusiasts, like I'm so excited to be able to do this stuff. So check that out. Still doing personal training, still doing online training, still pumped about that stuff. So head on over to coachfury.com for all of that. Plus, Head on over there to check out any upcoming courses I have. March 18th, we're bringing the HKC one-day kettlebell cert to MFF Bowery. Really excited. It's always great to go home to Bowery. And we're going to go real deep into how to teach, perform, and troubleshoot the heck out of the kettlebell swing, goblet squat, and get up. Original strength. I'm going to my, my friend Casey's place. Parisi's in Vermont, The Edge, in uh, April. And then I'm heading back to Matt Furman's place for OS in May in Austin, Texas. So that one's going to be extra weird. So head on over to coachforyou.com for any upcoming courses. Email me at coachforyou.gmail.com if you want to host a course or do an in-service. Um, it's really cool when people have me over and go over some of the stuff. Um, but folks, that is enough about me. Basically, find me at coachforyou.com or on the book of faces, right? Uh, but here we go to episode 23 with this show choir captain. I actually found out what a show choir captain is. I didn't know that. Uh, Steph Wilberding, owner of HK Fitness LA. Hey, Steph, tell Hi. them something about you. Um, just anything about me? I mean, what's going on in your world? Okay. I was like, there's a lot of random things about me. Um, uh, well, I'm sitting here in sunny Los Angeles on a February afternoon, not to rub it in New York. Um, and I'm at the front desk of my brand new fitness studio, uh, HK Fitness opened two weeks ago. And I own a fucking fitness studio. <laughs> That's amazing. It's one of the reasons I wanted to get you on the podcast so quickly. Like you are fresh in it, but not only is it happening, like uh, you've been crushing your social media where you've got folks coming in already where most people would be struggling, especially because we're not just talking about like I opened another local business and my clients are coming over. Like you literally across the damn country, this lovely country of ours, open doors and I'm seeing like a some familiar faces, which has been really cool. But how's it been going week one? Um, you know, it's it's great. So um, there are there are people coming in the door. Um, we're we are brand new in a new community with a new concept. Um, but we have we do have a lot of like New York to LA crossover, and those are those familiar faces that you're seeing. Uh, so my my years spent at Mark Fisher Fitness and some of those connections I've made there. Uh, those people are starting to show up here, uh, which is awesome. Like, it's just, it's so fulfilling to see faces that I loved on the East Coast show up out here. Um, but we're still in major word of mouth marketing PR mode to get it out there that we exist. Um, and yeah, I mean, I have a couple classes of people, you know, one to two people, and they're getting really great coaching and the one-on-one -on -one, um, um, experience. And then the group classes, um, are totally fun. It's just, it's been, it's been a blessing really. I mean, it's been stressful in a good way, but, um, they're, yeah, it's good. There's still definitely moments where I'm like, I can't believe I actually did this. <laughs> I, I honestly, so I'm in this weird, we haven't had a chance to talk about this. So I've decided, you know, uh, I was starting to teach at a place in Brooklyn that I was actually going to rent some space out of and do my own thing there. And then I've always been training people since we moved into this place in Gowanus in a training room. We have a training room inside 
Kim and I's apartment. And I just decided after looking at renting spaces, like I'm literally as of this coming, well, actually the day this comes out, launching classes at my apartment. So I'm not just doing one-on-ones here anymore. I'm going to be doing small group classes in our living room. And it's so stressful enough just being like, I don't have that overhead, but I got to take all the infrastructure as if I do, mm-hmm. preparing all the same materials. And <laughs> I did not allow enough time to really get that sunk in. So I know you had a little bit of prep, but I mean, from kind of like at least the announcement of the idea to opening doors was pretty accelerated. Um, how long has it been mm-hmm. since you officially made the decision that this was something that you wanted to do to like actually opening the door? What was that time frame like? Um, under six months. Well, probably right at six months. So the decision to potentially move was early in the summer of last summer. Um, and then some conversations with, with now my, my team, uh, my board of directors, if you will. Um, and then I think it was right around mid to late July that uh, my business partner and I were like, okay, we're doing this. And so um, I would say I started really kind of just telling people I was moving to Los Angeles to do this thing in late August, early September. And then, wow. and then we did all the groundwork, save five days or so. I came out in November from New York. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was crazy. It sounded so cool to be like part business partner and board of directors. My, my board of directors would be Kim, our dog, Ramona and the kids. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, board of directors is fancy talk for people I've known for the most of them, for people I've known for a, a few years that have been part of my life in New York, really that believe in this. No, so it's, it, now, it, now it's board awesome. of director. No, yeah. that works though. Uh, I just want to, yeah. for, for the audience listening, when, when Steph mentions like some of the crossover from MFF. So MFF is widely known as the Broadway gym and also has like a ton of actors. And for those that aren't aware what actors do is, A, obviously they move to LA quite often, but there's also seasons like pilot season, which is actually more perpetually and perpetually a longer running constant thing, but yeah. there is like a specific, um, there's just so much more content out there. So Having a spot there already sets up a base for people that are familiar with what MFF brings. And mm-hmm. I'm sure Steph got this. We all get this. When, when a ninja from MFF moves anywhere, they, they ask us what's a, you know, a ninja-friendly place to go. And we do our best right. to the needs. But, you know, it's really it's, it's odd because right now I know there's a few places that, like, are really trying to emulate us uh, or what mm-hmm. us. I'm no longer I'm doing my thing or, uh, or doing an MFF thing. Um, and then there's places that are, are really solid, but they're not MFF. And I don't mean that as a negative. They just have their own methodology and ways to communicate. And sometimes that's a struggle. So I think having just that direct link across the country is amazing. And especially LA makes so, so much sense. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's when I visited. I visited out here in, in the spring. And um, I was like, oh, I, okay. Like, I, I mean, honestly, I'd never been to LA really. So I came out here and I enjoyed myself and I was ready to change it up a little bit. And I was just like, this makes sense to me. And then I started asking other people if it made sense to them. Right. Um, and it, so far it seems like it will make a lot of sense once more people know about it. Yeah. Um, but there's a huge crossover and there's also just a lot of, aside from just in the theater and TV um, acting world, there's also just a lot of New York, LA transplant people in general, uh, similar to Mark Fisher Fitness. Like, you know, there's a lot of people from, from the acting community there, but then there's a lot of people that are like one to through one to like three or four degrees removed from the actual play, if you will. Yeah. Just like here, it's like, oh yeah, I'm from New York and I heard of that place, but, or, or like, oh yeah, I live here now and I, I write for a show and one of the actors went to Mark Fisher fitness once and told me about like, it's that kind of thing, you know? So yeah. And this might be jumping ahead, but there's not a lot of kettlebell gyms out here. Which is surprising at this point, right? Like you would just think it's so common. I mean, there's definitely gyms with kettlebells and I think there's uh, classes in like a lot of the martial arts places, right? The crossover there is is obvious, but Um, I haven't found that many group fitness kettlebell classes, so that's exciting for us, too. 
kettlebells are an interesting, you know, tool and system where how we use them, how I was using them, how, you know, MFF was using them. It, it, it's, it's so centered on like the skill of the kettlebell for the goal of the program, you know, and the individual versus I think, you know, unfortunately in a lot of like boot campy type or smaller boutiques, it's just like another thing we've thrown into the mix where you start to see, it's just something to move with as opposed to like an actual essential part of the training experience, right? That kettlebells drive a lot of the results, you know, within the context of the program versus being like another thing that looks cool and like a, you know, a, a still or, you know, having people move for the sake of moving. And I still find that even right. here in Brooklyn, like people, I can see sometimes like when I'm walking the dog in the morning, you'll see like, you know, a yoga place or you look in the window and they're doing something like weird with like a five pound kettlebell. And you're just like, right. you're just missing something. Like it doesn't even need to be the kettlebell at that point. It could be like literally anything at that point. It just right. happens right. to be the kettlebell. Yeah. Um, well, I know we've already talked about like trying to get a kettlebell cert out there. So we'll help blow it up a little bit over there for you. Yeah, uh, I would love awesome. to come out. I, I honestly am sort of shocked looking back that I've never lived in LA. Um, coming, as a, coming out of school as a film major, um, I always mm-hmm. thought I'd end up spending some years there. I don't think I'd ever thought I'd live there. Um, but just yeah. whatever, for whatever reasons, my ex-wife and I, we never, we never made it over. Yeah. yeah. And now I got two uh, reasons. Ben and Sadie to not make it over. Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah, it's been interesting. I mean, it was a month on, I've only been here a month and I've basically been, you know, sleeping at the studio and I've had a couple friends of, you know, friends that I have out here invite me to do things where I have been able to not have on spandex unless it was by (laughs) fashion choice. So, um, but for the most part, it's been a lot of studio home, Home Depot, Ikea, Home Depot, back to Home Depot, back to Staples, back to Home Depot. Um, the glamorous life of opening your own space. But I, you know, the weather's fucking nailing it. I will say that. So um, yeah. we'll see if I, if I, you know, what happens in the spring and the fall when my heart, maybe this is New York a little bit, but we'll see. No, it's so cool. There was an old sitcom. It came and went really quick, but it was about a a screenwriter or maybe a playwright from New York that moved to LA to be with his like, you know, screenwriter buddy in LA. And one of the jokes was just like, you know, how everyone in New York likes to crap on LA. And I've never been that because I've always been like fascinated with movies and skateboard culture. And he was like, you know, how do you put up with LA? And he was like, well, you you walk outside in December and it's 70 degrees out and you're in a t-shirt and that's how you learn to love LA. (laughs) And I totally got that. that I can't remember the name of it. Like, oh. All I remember is the actor was actually um, in, a, in, in a Whit Stillman movie. I'm forgetting. It wasn't Metropolitan, but it was like something like in that era. It, it's so eclectic, mm-hmm. like film nerdy, where I was like, oh, that guy's in this yeah. show and he's playing a screenwriter. But I, I can't remember it. It was like, I don't know if it lasted more than a season. Yeah. Anyway. But man, the, the weather is hard to beat out there. It's pretty spectacular, especially when you're like, I, I mean, I, it's, it's funny, the universe, I'm, I'm kind of one of those hippy-dippy universe people, and I'm not saying hippy-dippy to, to belittle it, um, but the universe has definitely given me a couple just like perks out of the gate that I didn't really ask for. Um, one was the space, and we can talk about that later if you want, but the second one was a car with a sunroof. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is amazing. <laughs> It's like God oh, rays all the time. What'd you say? It's like God rays all the time. Totally, <laughs> totally. Oh, that's well, fun. let's talk about let's let's talk about finding the space quickly. But like, what would you say were the 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 two biggest challenges of actually like uh-huh. you know implementing and making this happen? The two biggest challenges. Um, that's a great question. Okay, so um. I'm going to go, the first one, the biggest challenge was maintaining my energy levels when I was still in New York City. Um, So the working, you know, maintaining my schedule at the clubhouse at Mark Fisher Fitness and using all my free time to try to open something I'd never done before um, from across the country. Um, It was a lot of, uh, it was, that was, that was the biggest challenge was, um, using my free time wisely while also watching the end of a 16 year stint in New York pass and be like, I got to see everybody. I got to do things. I'm, you know, that kind of stuff. So that was really hard. Um, 
The other, um, um, I would say the other biggest challenge is since I've been here, um, I don't even know really. I mean, in theory, if I look back, it went pretty smoothly, but I guess just the timing, I opened the space in two weeks since like, like, yeah, I got here on the fourth and got the keys and then that was like the end of the week. And then I spent two weeks and, you know, just finding resources somewhere you've never lived. And, you know, that innately helped me build my, my tribe really quickly. Like just meeting people and being like, Hey, this is my friend. She knows a great guy that paints, you know, yeah. Hey, this is my friend. She knows. And just like not being afraid to just get on the phone and be like, I need you. How soon can you be here? Blah, 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 blah. And so I think part of my New York hustle really came in handy. Um, so yeah, I think those were the two biggest challenges. One was on the East coast and one was out here. And let's talk about the space and how quickly you were able to set it up. So it was a fitness studio, or was it a yoga place first? It was a Pilates studio. Um, so we actually inherited a, a gorgeous space. Uh, the previous Senate had renovated it about a year ago. Uh, so the only major uh, 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 changes we did was painting one wall, and I'm installing like a, a changing room area. But for the most part, we inherited like the mirrors were up, um, gorgeous floors, and I just had a shitload of kettlebells delivered. <laughs> and do you know that every kettlebell is double box? Of course you know this. Of course you yeah. know this. So I had a fleet of, I don't even know now, 27 kettlebells show up, 28, and they're all double box. I had to deadlift the largest bells out of, like off the, the um, pallet <laughs> and my thank god my, one of my friends was here it was pouring it was the day two days of the like torrential rain we got in la since i've been here um i deadlifted it off the pallet the box was still attached and my girlfriend like stripped the box off of the kettlebell i know and back it in back in the day when we had bigger kettlebell certs that was the the one of the roles of the assistants was we would show up and there'd literally be hundreds upon hundreds of kettlebells you know between a team of like you know uh anywhere from like eight to say 18 assistants and lead instructors yeah. and we'd be unpacking them having to save all the packing stuff because if nobody bought them at the end we'd have to repack them but oh, we'd pack right. we'd unpack them and then you know however many hours that would take and then have to recertify right at, like our warm-up was the unpacking of all the kettlebells and then recertify and snatch test and everything there and yeah. then pray that everyone buys them all at the end of the weekend so you, you didn't have to literally re-put them in the phone right. pieces and all that Right. You're like, no, you want the 28s. You want the, th you want the 30, you want the 34s uh, or, or 36s. Um, I'll, don't worry about the 10s. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I remember when, when all the bells came into Bowery and we, the elevators actually like uh, through another door entrance into the building. It's not actually part like in Bowery right. and uh, having to unpack them and try to get them down the stairs in the winter. Cause it was like November. We, we, yeah. we started getting those in in like late November, I think, or right Ooh. before Thanksgiving. Uh, it's fun stuff. It's fun yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's fun. It's like something like that's cool to go through, though, in a weird way. It's like with ultimate sandbag training, when, when people are new to it, they'll, they'll complain about sometimes about like, oh, man, I had to fill like 20 sandbags. And it's like, well, well yeah. welcome to the family. We've all done that now. Yeah. And, I, you know, to kind of answer your question with a little bit, uh, now that you're saying a few things, I'm like, oh, actually, you know, the, heart, the biggest challenge out here has been the back end of everything. Like the fun stuff, now that I've been here for a month, the fun stuff is watching wall get painted getting you know the changing room ready and getting the mats and the kettlebells and the the front window painted all that kind of stuff the hard part the stressful part is all the back end work like mind body and all that kind of stuff like that's where you know my mom god love her she was like she asked me some question about like what else do you have to do and i was like what else do i have to do and i was like just think of anything you wanted to do where you have to click on a button on the internet all the way down to wiping your rear end in the bathroom like I, all of that has to happen and that was that was that's a lot the back end stuff is a lot yeah i'm still trying to I'm still trying to sort myself through all that. Like I have, you know, working on my onboarding process. I start classes on Monday. And again, it's going to be one of those where it's like one to two people and not even all the classes are going to be full. Like I literally just like put up a Facebook post yep. probably a couple of days prematurely and started getting responses. So <laughs> I've got my yep. four members so far and, you know, people slowly coming in, but yeah. you know, it's like, Oh, I haven't, 
like I've been thinking about onboarding, but like, you know, some of those things you take for granted, like how quickly yeah. that comes up. Um, yeah. Payment, right? So I know I'm going through using Square, not Squarespace, uh-huh. the website, but Square. And, yeah. you know, I'm going to set up auto, you know, auto billing, but based on their first, you know, first class, like all of those like little details um, that right now are, seem so new and stressful because most of us is independents. It's kind of like, you know, hour to hour money on the fly. And yeah. now I'm like, oh, oh, and I can definitely put some aside for taxes in a more professional way now than just like right. trying to like squirrel some away somewhere else for that to hit later. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is both like super frightening, but I also know like after a year of this, you, it, yourself, will, you'll feel the same way. It's like, we're going to have all that under wraps, right? And yeah. we both had the benefit of working under Keeler and Fisher, like, you know, and, and Nikki and like just the amazing business right. heads. So how does it feel now? Like, you know, being the boss, you know, like being the lead. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's funny. Um, I had this feeling today. So today was our first day of snatch and we'll probably talk about this later. So if, we're, if you wanted to, but I just, this, to answer your question, I caught myself after class, like, kind of going to be like, oh yeah, that's what I used to do all the time. So it's like this, like, it's like you're looking at yourself under, uh, it's like I'm stepping away and watching myself from two different positions now, right? Like how am I maintaining the business, but also how am I teaching, you know? And, and the first class I taught a couple of weeks ago, just a regular HK fit class I'm sure that the people that were there said it was great. I was like, oh my God, what a fucking train wreck. Because all of a sudden I was in my own studio teaching thing, you know, things I've taught for years, but all my brain could think about was like, oh, the lights are weird. Oh, the sound. Oh, I got to fix that. <laughs> this is not the way it's supposed to feel in here, right? And so then once I kind of like, it was good though. I needed that class because... I was able to the, you know, start making changes like, okay, I need a sound guy in here. We need to fix the, you know, but I, it's, it's like, when do I put on owner hat and when do I put on teacher hat? And I'm still figuring that out. Um, but I will say I'm really grateful for the amount of teaching experience I acquired at the place I acquired it because teaching people how to squat and hinge and push and pull, um, I feel so confident doing that, that I'm not, at, you know, at least I'm, I'm not saying, I don't want to sound like super cocky, right? But I feel so confident in how we, how we trained ourselves to train at Mark Fisher Fitness. I feel so confident in that skill set that I, that I can, I don't say I don't want to worry about it because I want it to be the best it can be, but I'm not stressing over teaching people how to squat right? It's, there's nothing wrong in claiming ownership of those skills. I mean, we've come from an, you know, an an amazing place um, where we had a bunch of not only our leaders, but also just our fellow members. Um, And we put in a lot of hours on that stuff like that. That should be the easy part in a business, right? Especially because you've got, you've got the easiest part is you've got a great personality. I don't mean to just like throw that out there, but I think most of us would say like the hardest, the hardest thing you can't teach somebody is like how to have a personality, right? So if you can engage with people, I'd say that's the easiest, that's the biggest win right there. And then, I mean, how many years of hinging and, you know, and and, and goblet squats before that becomes pretty second nature. It's great to constantly try to find, you know, new ways to approach it, but let's face it, like, I still use stuff from the HKC and RKC manual all the time, mm-hmm. all the time. Yep. And it still ends up being, you basically use like the same five cues on almost however many people you're training. It'll be like the same five things you're trying to troubleshoot or get better. Um, right. And you know, the, and that brings up that, you know, the art of a good coach is to always have those cues in their pocket, but meet the person where they are. Right. Yeah. And so take the, like if, if, if we have like a, a coin purse or a wallet of our, you know, of our cues that we like deal them out, it's like, who, who do I deal it to? Right? Like I've got these five cues in my pocket, but this person needs this one and this person needs this one, or I've tried this one, you know, like it's how do we deal the deck of cues versus just knowing we have, you know, all the, all the answers in the world. It's not, it's not having the answer. It's how do you give it? And to yeah. Me, I, I'm finding myself, and this comes up, it's sort of, I've been 
you know, in the certs, when we troubleshoot people, you know, you, you took the HKC with me, when people come up and we try to troubleshoot them. And, you know, I'm always looking at the big rocks. And I think one of the things I'm trying to refine is just that, like, most of us can look at someone's swing and find five things. But like, what's the one thing to hit first, that is going to have the biggest impact, you know, the big rock cue. And for me, I'm looking under like, what's what's going to increase the safety aspect first. And then what's right. going to do, if we're safe, what's the primary thing that's going to enhance the move? And I think that just comes with like a ton of practice. But I, I do know, I try to like dissect it for myself that way so that I'm not just going through like this like pre-programmed script of like, it's this to fix it, right. it's that to fix it. Right, right. It is making it more personal to the person. Yep. Yeah. Person, personal to the person. Personal to the person. Personally, yeah. person to the person. Because that's what um, the person and personal is all about. <laughs> <laughs> And like the person of personal and in my purse of cues. <laughs> you should call that your personal arsenal. Your personal. My personal. <laughs> Wait, anyway. Ooh, huh? So yeah. let, let's talk about um, new, new members that are coming in. Are you, what kind of, we, we mentioned onboarding. What kind of onboarding are you doing for them? Are you taking them through like an intro course or kind of um, on the fly? I am not taking them through an intro course. So um, one of the things I wanted to make sure of is that there was not any sort of, now let me state this with like, I do not think that the ninja baptism and that sort of onboarding thing is necessarily a barrier, but being the new kid in town, I just want people to be able to walk in the door. Right. So um, obviously I have people doing our snatch program. And so that takes care of lots of things when it comes to um, onboarding. For regular HK Fit classes, um, right now I'm playing with a very similar template in all the classes. And then as they get repeat people coming and, you know, they're buying packs and they're showing up multiple times a week, um, because my community is still so small, I can, you know, give some variations on the fly to those people. But basically what I've done is I've taken um, a couple of the big rocks and queued them into class. And I, I take like a two to three minute break at the top of class and we work. I teach one big thing and I hit like three things to think about and we, and we go for it. And I, that's the lift for the set. And then everything else around it is body weight. And then I do it again with another lift. Everything else is body weight. And then later in class, we take a couple lifts together, right? So um, people aren't like going from a kettlebell deadlift into bent over rows with bells into right it's like they're touching a bell for one exercise and then body weight body weight rest and we kind of plug it out that way that's awesome i think it's uh it's really hard when you have that uh i love the onboarding and it was interesting like it's it's something because i help write the onboarding eventually over at mff is it's something that before i decided to do classes at home and I was trying to like incorporate into other gyms. It was something that a lot, I got a lot of resistance out of. And especially because the, the place I was doing in Brooklyn was like a class passy type place, you know, oh. free, free to members. So it's like, you never know what's coming in. And, and that's how I trained for, you know, years at Five Points Academy. Yeah. And I'm trying to find a way to blend that in because, you know, I'm finding, you know, since it's at home, like I, I've got a lot of people coming in just once a week because they're going to go do their right. other thing. And right. to come in for an onboard class is tricky. So I, I'm in the same point where I have so few people right now where I'm going to send probably like a video, like, welcome to Fury Industries. Here are some things to succeed, you know, kind of like the Ninja Handbook, mm-hmm. but like way simpler um, yeah. with some links. So at least they'll see some of these things prior to yeah. showing up. Because that's, you know, I've... You... Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no I, I just... didn't mean to interrupt you. So rude. I, was just, I know. I well, because you, you kind of just <laughs> reminds me of something you said. I, I'm sorry, I interrupted. Uh, but I'm going to cool. keep going. Now. Um, something that you said earlier too about like don't hesitate to own it, right? And something I've had to really step into uh, these first couple weeks in my regular HK Fit classes are, you know, being very clear on. Um, technique being a priority and using language that like. To some people, I think in my head, I'm like, oh God, don't be, don't be too forward. But like, it's actually coming from a place of caring, right? Where I'm like, if you have ever swung with me in the room before today, you're welcome to do swings. Yeah. If you have not, you, we both know that. And like, you will learn in due time. 
carry on, like that kind of thing. And then coupling that with a ton of individual attention to the new person, right? Yeah. Um, and that's just been me, you know, that just requires that I step into that moment, uh, into that position and say, like, you can't swing without me teaching you. Um, or if you came to me and said, oh, I swing with Fury in Brooklyn and I'm here for pilot season, great. But like, until I know that, you know, so it is like, a, like you said, like there's this like balance of like, you have, you know, taking care of the person, but also wanting them to get in and move. And I think people actually, I think I, by nature, I, I'm, I never, I'm always afraid I'm going to come off to something, you know, but I think, I think most people really appreciate that kind of honesty in the room. Yeah, you know, you know I find that the, the trick that happens with me is, is like with the nickname and the tattoos and stuff is people expect me to be some sort of workout crusher when they first meet me. And then I'm like, hey, we're really going to dial into this deadlift. And they're, they're, you know, like I've been getting a lot of people that want to learn simple and sinister lately, you know, get ups and swings. And, mm -hmm. you know, how long will that take to teach me? And it's like, well, when, when, when we see how you move, that'll define. Like, I have no idea. Right. And you know, it's this idea of rushing forward. Well, you know, like doing a full getup, I don't know what your shoulder mobility is and you have to build some baseline strength to even do a light getup, right? Um, or to, and you know, have some body mechanics dialed in on, on a deadlift before you do swings. And it's not just on a program, right. it's, it's a wonderful program, but there is this idea of rushing. And then there's this other thing of like, it should just feel like crushing, right? Uh, it's funny when you were saying like setting up this baseline about the skill, I was literally creating this, you know, um, handbook before we hopped on and I came up with the phrase that I'm, uh, uh SOS two skill over strength and sore, uh, sorry, skill over sweat and soreness, right? Like that's basically what, what, what I'm looking for is I, I want to every, all your strength and mobility and fat loss and all that stuff will come if you work right. fitness skills and eating habits. And no one really wants to really hear about the eating habits part. Mm, um, and the skill part of training is like, it's, it's hard sometimes to instill that, instill that. But, you know, I'll just say, uh, I got a Facebook message from Kat Williams. Do you know Kat? Mm -hmm. Ninja Kat. So Kat's in yeah. Abu Dhabi right now. And yeah. she just sent me this really nice thing about like the skills we've taught her, you know, and the respect and knowledge of all the stuff, how she's crushing it out there. And maybe we don't want the people that don't want to care about that. I want to help as many people as possible, but maybe that just makes we're not the best fit. If we can't well, change that mindset. Well, it's a hard mindset to change, right? Because think about, I mean, I can't, this is not meant to sound like I'm throwing the fitness industry, the rest of the fitness industry on, under the bus. I'm coming from my own personal journey the amount of times I subscribed or signed up or said yes to things that were like um, all driven around fixing yourself, like fixing, you, like you'll lose weight, you'll get skinny, you'll do this, like, but none of it was around and move well, right? Or yeah. be healthier or get stronger and functionally live a better life, right? Because it's a moneymaker to promise things, right? To promise, um, to promise uh, I shouldn't say promise things to promise results that are, have been identified as ideal, right? Skinny, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Versus saying like, I actually guarantee, which I probably wouldn't use that word, but like what I would like to offer is come up and do this thing and create a new relationship and start a new conversation with yourself, around fitness, around food, around weight loss, around muscle gain, whatever the case may be. And it takes, it takes more time and it takes more dedication and it takes putting yourself first a little bit more to actually change a conversation with something. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a very complicated dialogue to have because even at, you know, trainer levels, there's a lot of like our own, I don't know if it's ego, but our own self-worth gets tied into some of that stuff um, in a negative way and, and not in a positive way. And, you know, especially if I'm thinking about some of like the strength tests that people will go through, you know, through one of my courses, you know, to certify or something and the, and, and the injuries that happen that aren't really driven by the strength test in itself. They're driven in like the poor training practices of programming to gun something very quickly or to try to like run something, you know, run a race at 90 to hundred percent all the time. 
versus right. dialing it back to 70, pinning 80 every now and then. And then knowing when it's like, all right, you know, now it's Fast and the Furious time. Now we're at the starting line. Right. Now we're going to go hit this. And I think that's like the same thing with food. Um, but it is so deceptive what's, what's out there in terms of how the trends come, you know, versus what's real, you know, uh, you know, keto certainly is like a big one right now. Um, it seems like it's getting a lot of good results. I haven't tried it, but like suddenly so many friends are talking about keto. IF, you know, had become a very good baseline for a lot of people to the point where that became sort of normal, normalized as, as, as a way of eating. But, you know, for the person who's coming in for a goal to try to be like, okay, we're going to go straight to keto, <laughs> you know, like that's right. super hard. Or like, you know what, just don't eat. You're going to eat for like a six hour or eight hour window of the day. And you're just right out the gate. It's, it's establishing the habits to help create the willpower to even go to some of those things. Um, but in a sales mode of trainers trying to get people in the door or to buy products, like we, we just totally demolish that learning curve to, to most of the yeah. time. Yeah. And you know, um, it's, it's, I think, I think one of the, the things I've been playing with the most, and, and I was actually having a conversation with somebody around uh, just marketing and like branding and things like that is like, you know, it, we've talked about this before, right? Like selling for, uh, which sometimes feels like a dirty word, right? But meaning like getting people in your door at your gym, at your business, um, based on, based on you and your journey. Right. And like, we were very clear on that at MFF always. And like, we're not, I'm not HK fit and me, I will not be for everyone. Um, but there are a lot of people who it will be for, you know, and, um, and being honest with that and being honest with like, not always knowing or owning my own journey, right? Like if the goal is to train to live another day, that means I should be training a few days a week. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, and sometimes, and I, and I know that I don't always do that. Right. Cause I'm a human being. Um, but it's like fighting that story or that mindset that the industry has set in is that working out is about getting to a place and then you're good. Right. Versus like, I'm training to live a little bit better as I get a little bit older and then a little bit better, you know? So I don't know. I don't, it's, I might be going down a completely different spiral, but it's tricky. It's tricky to sell a mindset. It'll so be how interesting. Do you, sell a you don't, you, you help people change behaviors, behavior change mindset, right? Behaviors change mindset. Yeah. It'll be interesting. We need to do a follow-up like a year from now. Cause I, I'm curious as to, I mean, we certainly had a certain level of high, uh, uh, aesthetic goals needed because we actually have you know aesthetic goals uh, in in general population quote unquote general population you know tend to be overvalued but we also deal with a lot of actors and actresses that like that's like actually like part of like the deal like they might be naked on stage or, or something right. right or in a show it'll be interesting to follow up the combination um in LA about you know because I know from what I've heard is that it typically is largely aesthetics driven Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be interesting to see how that meshes with the skill stuff. Yeah. It's funny. My, I, I've been thinking about that a lot because, you know, I, I remember when I first said I was coming out here and, you know, not a lot of people, but I got a few like, oh, you wait, LA is blah, blah, blah. Right. And I'm, I'm not saying that it's not, and I just haven't experienced enough out here yet, but like, I definitely feel like New York fitness scene is very slick as well. Right. I just happened to spend five years at Mark Fisher fitness, which is like literally a unicorn. Right. So, um, it's not, I didn't, I don't know. I don't know enough yet about the scene out here. I'm trying to get out there and go to other classes. Um, as a female business owner and trainer, I felt in New York, the same I felt here. I feel everywhere I go in the country when people ask me what I do and I tell them what I, where I work. And then I always get the follow-up of what do you do there? (laughs) And then I always say, Oh, I'm a trainer there. And then 90% of the time I get looked up and down. And it's like, this is the thing. Right. And I'm not saying that like to fish for compliments, like, Oh, but like, I, I, it's, it's a, it's, you know, like you said earlier, people like see the tats and see the, this and the blah, blah, and they expect one thing. And, and here I am, like people see, see the things and they expect other things. And then at the end of the day, it's, it's about good coaching. 
Yeah. I don't know. So it's, 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 it's interesting. It's definitely something I'm kind of changing the subject, but it's definitely something I've been like thinking about a lot. And it was part of my decision of like, am I really going to do this? Right. Am I really going to open up a, a studio and, and basically a fitness brand being a woman who is not by industry standards jacked? Right. Like yeah. I don't look like the people that are featured on the magazines. Right. Um, and it was something I had to really think about before I was like, yeah, I'm going to do it. It was, yeah. I think that's like gonna be the key to your success. You know what I mean? It's like, there's a lot of things to unpack there. So I remember years ago before I ever became a trainer, I was, I had started lifting again before I, way before kettlebells, just not knowing Uh what I was doing. And I remember going to a gym, I think I was staying at the standard for a commercial shoot and I went to the this is uh listeners this is back when I was a visual effects executive producer and we had a spot going on and uh You're out went, here. yeah I was out there okay. and I remember going to a local gym I can't, my, maybe it was an equinox I don't remember and I just remember being like I thought I was in good shape at the time mm-hmm. and being like holy crap these dudes are like you know waiting for like you know a casting call for the Avengers. Like, right. I was like, <laughs> so suddenly I'm like, you know, and I was just like an average, I, I wasn't a trainer, you know, at this point, I was just like, wow. Now I'm in a weird spot where, you know, I'm kind of in that same way where, you know, aesthetically, my aesthetic goals are ne- were never part of my design of getting into fitness. You know, I wanted to be a strong dad, right? Right. And I feel, you know, this came up at the, the recent RKC in Georgia. It's like, you know, as coaches, I feel like we can do two things. Like I can promise I can get you to move better and I can promise I can get you to feel stronger and be stronger. But in terms of like fat loss and muscle gain, like you need to be on that journey for yourself at that point, because I can't do those things for you outside of this, right? Like the things you, your, your habits outside of the gym, are yours to control and we can help guide those habits, but that's like a really hard one. And I think people are so used to seeing one level of what they think a coach looks like. Mm-hmm. And I got to tell you, you know, uh, one of my, one of my online peeps, uh, Megan Stryker was just on the last episode of podcast I actually went out today as, as we recorded this and she would, you know, she'd openly mention being at a big box gym and she'd see, you know, all these people and, there were coaches that she would absolutely stay away from and coaches that she would absolutely gravitate towards if she had the money. And I think that's like goes across the board where the aesthetics of the trainer doesn't necessarily dictate any level of skill mm-hmm. or any level of competency. Mm-hmm. And now mind you that the, there are like Jack shredded, really diesel people that are amazing coaches. Like this is yeah. not a broad scope, right. no. but it's not like an instant awesome coach card. Right. Correct. And from, and also from a, from a new, new kid in town perspective, right? It's like, this goes back to like, what is it, you know, am I trying to sell Steph Wilberding? No. I mean, I know that's part of it. Like the, I'm the face that people are going to meet, but I'm trying to sell a human kind of fitness, right? I'm trying to sell a place where you can show up the human you are today and, and be taken care of and you'll be met where you are and you will be taught how to move well and get stronger and all those things. But it's like balancing, like selling your mission. And the only way you do it is by showing it. Right. I get that. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. So I don't know. It's just something I've been thinking about a lot lately. And, and, you know, in a way it's like really exciting, you know, we'll see. I mean, I think that is like at the same point you're selling the brand, you're selling you because like you're, you know, what aligns with this is your, your core values and your mission statement are, a thousand percent authentic to you right and that sometimes is the gray area you know like I know when I write or I say something you know a specific not in the curriculum thing at a cert like I'm like this is just me right um and I'm okay I've become very okay like I don't want to ever offend anybody but I'm not necessarily going to change my belief system to get more clients you know, like I want the 20 to 30 people that are going to completely jive with what I do. Now, I don't mean agree with me 100% of the time. Or right, right, that, right, right, right. Like that would actually be a nightmare. But like I want people to, you know, that, that jive with what I'm trying to do and believe in the cause for themselves, right? Mm-hmm. 
I don't want to try to pull in a whole bunch of people. And it's one of those interesting things on this podcast that some people will talk about like, you know, social media and the era of politics and stuff like that, about like not posting certain things because, you know, we're basically, you know, you can be shortening your net of people you're trying to grab in. And I'm just like flat out, like, you know what? There's a lot of people I don't want. And I'll be totally cool with the Fury crew, the people that get where I'm coming from and, and understand my motives. And again, I'm not saying like people need to agree with me or love me, but they need to trust in me that I have their best interests, you know, right. um, in mind while I'm going through this. Uh, because at this point, I feel like I probably could have sold out in some bigger ways just mm-hmm. to make a living and, and, you know, did some bigger sells. Right. Uh, you know, again, like the Godzilla wall of toys is behind me. They're going to be facing this when they swing kettlebells at the apartment. Right. It's right. like, it's, it's not a marketing thing. It's just, I have a wall of Godzilla toys. I like Godzilla. Right. Shocking folks. <laughs> I like Godzilla. Right. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> well, hey, <laughs> you mentioned something else. So you are, you're going to have this distinction uh, forever. You're the first person a license snatched. Mark yeah. Fisher Fitness's six-week transformation program. I know. Uh, how the hell is that going? And congratulations. You not only licensed it, first round, you sold it out. Like, Crazy. Thank you. Um, it's really special. It's really special for so many reasons. Um, namely, this, the specialist reason is that um, this is how I met Mark. Yeah. You know, so um, I did Snatch in 2010 or 11. I don't know. I've lost track of time. Um, and that was how I kind of came into the Mark Fisher community and then became a ninja and then Mark approached me about working there. Um, and so, you know, keep, I, I kind of changed gears. I got a certification. I, I kind of shadowed him, all these things. And then fast forward to, you know, September of 2017, I'm like, Mark. <laughs> um, and it's been great. I mean, it's been a lot of work. Um, you know, I, I had a couple, I had a few things in mind for this first round and I've kind of changed course a little bit here and there for like how many, sp- how many spots and how many time slots and all that kind of stuff. Um, and we ended up with two groups that are full of like awesome people. Um, what I like to call like influencing people, not like, not like in a skeezy, like tell everybody, like, uh, like what can I get from you way? But people that like, when they're fucking boned up about shit, they share it. Right. And as like the new, the new studio in town, the word of mouth is so crucial. Um, and it's, it's been great. I've been communicating a lot with Mark, um, about this and, you know, we've had a lot of heart to hearts about it. And, um, once we, once we were able to kind of, once I was able to figure out how I wanted to announce this opportunity for this first round out here, it just was, it, it, it was made so much sense. And it reminded me of the, the, how important it is to run ideas by people you trust. Yeah. People who have your interest. I mean, obviously Mark has my interest at heart because I'm running his program, but also just like, what is it that I can do from a business perspective to get people in the door that has only been open for two weeks and commit to six weeks. And, um, so we did a lot of brainstorming about it and, you know, I always knew underneath it, it was like, this is going to be huge. Like no one else, you have to go to New York to do this. I actually have one of my people when she emailed me, she's like, I have been considering relocating for two months. Just people have, we've, we've yeah. had people move out, um, just to do yeah. snatch, which is insane. You know, in one way is insane. In one way is another way. Beautiful. Awesome. Yeah. So it's an awesome group of people. And, um, I had my first 8am today for my, uh, first group. And then I have another group tomorrow night. Uh, and then sprinkled throughout the week are my regular HK fit classes. How bizarre is it teaching something you're so familiar with? Like Steph's a, a, for anybody that is not aware of, of who Steph is like Steph's just a fantastic coach, super fun. And like snatched is like, one of your great domains like you can really run that room 
way better than I ever sort of got a handle on it. Like you, it's, it's like there, there's certain coaches that I think just like ex- elevate it beyond what it is and beyond our own abilities, I think sometimes. And I'd put you in that, in that category. And what was it like teaching something you're familiar with, but in your completely new surrounding on top right? of like, it's yours, like it's your new surrounding. It was funny. I caught myself, I had to go, um, run an errand after class today to guitar center of all places (laughs) to get a cable. Um, and I was driving there after class thinking about, and I, I went into automatic, like what, what didn't I do right mode, you know? Um, and now that it's like, it's like Mark's baby that he's giving to me, like, you know, um, and now it's my baby. I was like, okay, so there's something I wanted to, to, to do that I didn't quite do in the way I'd hoped to. Right. And so, what other ways could I, could I do that thing? Right. So it was like, great. So, um, cause there's like a message point that I really wanted to share today. And I just like got caught up in the moment and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, Oh, I didn't drive home that one thing. Okay. It's important to me that they hear this this week. Yeah. Where can I, where can I circle back and fix that? Do I want to do it in class? Do I want to do it via our Facebook page? Do I, you know, so it's like interesting now because it is a scripted Bible, a show Bible, so to speak, right? But it's my own experience. And Mark and I have talked about that a lot. He's like, here's the Bible, but make it your own, right? So taking notes along the way and be like, okay, maybe my style is a little different. It always has been. Everyone's style is different. But I might, I might find that like some of the things, some of the message points that I feel like are really um, important and that, and that set this experience apart from others might be delivered differently by me. Yeah. You know, um, and just meaning like the, and it might not be delivered in class. It might, I don't know. So those, those kind of things is what's been interesting of like, you know, teaching the teaching part. I was like, you could, I could have been in the middle of the fucking street and I'd be like, all right, so put your feet <laughs> hip with the car, you know, like the teaching part was nothing, but like the flow of the room and the like energy and stuff. Like I have, a, I have, I have, you know, the talking points and the message points, not the coaching points, right? Yeah. I have an opportunity on how to curate that in a new way, which is exciting. It's super cool. It's like, yeah. it's, uh, you know, I mean, we, we were always able to do it to some degree, you know, obviously in the room, even at, you know, in the snatchery. Right. But, you know, a lot of the times when people ask me about teaching courses or they ask me like, you know, how do I do my outline on a course? This is outside of MFF stuff. And I'm like, right. you know, like, here's, here's my outline. It, it's not usually much. And it's how I fill the blanks in or interpret things that I've either assisted with or gone through and from the manual versus I never want it to be like the manual or the Bible, the live show. Like I want it to be like an organic experience with the bones of this so that I make sure we get the important stuff out, but I'm also Mm going to highlight the things that mean a little bit more to me maybe, right, than what they do. And we'll just go from there. And I think that's so cool that you get to bring that there um, not only like just to prove to the world, I guess now that that's like a viable thing. Right. Um, but also, you know, I think we can all pretty much agree that like snatch has been ripped off by people and to see it now as like a potentially, I don't know if there's a grander plan for this, but to see it as like a potentially licensable thing, at least among the family, uh, is a really rad opportunity for not only MFF, but also for any of us, if that Mm -hmm. becomes, uh, you know, an option depending on where we go. Right. It's like right. super cool to think of. Like, yeah. it's like a big step for everyone, um, which is which is nice. Yeah, it's nice. Yes, it is nice. Yes. Hey, I have an important question. Yeah. What's a show choir captain? Because I never really knew. Um. So a show choir captain is just like you know. Well, um. Did you, did you play any sports? <laughs> no. <laughs> Do you have friends that played sports? I have friends that played sports. Do you know what, like, the captain of the football team would be? Like, yes. like the same thing. You're just the captain. Of the choir. Of the choir. So the show choir is, you know, some, some areas of the country, it's a very American thing, um, uh, very Midwest. And some parts of the country call them swing choirs. Um, but a show choir is, you know... It's, it's a choir putting on a show. <laughs> <laughs> and I was, to be clear, anybody from 
uh, Miami or Shelby County, Ohio, that might ever listen to this. Um, I was never the show choir captain in high school, only at Marketshire Fitness. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of Steph's nickname was the show choir captain. And uh, I, I don't think I ever felt comfortable enough for some reason to be like, what exactly is that? It's just like you're the head of the choir. Like you help make decisions. You speak for the, speak for, you know, if, let me give you an example. The show choir captain would step in and say things like, we might potentially be overdoing the jazz hands in this number. What if we tried some other choreography? How about that? Okay. I don't yeah. know why images of the movie Bring It On are in my head right now. Pretty much. Um, but, you know, <laughs> a jazz hand, for all of you coaches out there listening, um, it's actually quite a wonderful cue. So if you don't know what a jazz hand is, you can Google it. Basically, it's just all your fingers splayed out, right? Um, using a jazz hand cue and ripping the mat in half on your push-up <laughs> is fucking great, right? Or your push-up plank. Um, so jazz hands come in handy in fitness. Um, it doesn't really do any, it doesn't really come into play in anything when you're not on the ground. But yeah, for the most part, a push-up, you use jazz hands and rip the floor in half and pull yourself down and push yourself away. I totally, totally stole that from you, by the way, after one of your classes, double jazz hands on the floor, opening oh, yes. pickle jars. Yep. Yep. Think about um, it, folks. Go, go try it right now. There Five is a YouTube video called, yeah, yep. Yeah. Anyway, and, and I do have my, show, yeah, I do have my show choir costume from 1997 here in LA. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, oh, um, I, I've seen through the social medias that you've done some hiking. What's been some cool new stuff? If you've had any downtime, some cool new downtime stuff you've had. I know it's, it must've been a roller coaster, but it has there yeah. been anything? Yeah, there has been. Um, well, driving has been nice, believe it or not. Um, I, I mean, driving to like Home Depot is the most exciting thing, but, um, the hiking has been great and there's so many opportunities to do it. I haven't been to the beach yet. That's on the, that's on the, I might try to do that this coming weekend. Um, there's this awesome hike out here in the Valley in Fryman Canyon last weekend. Um, on Saturday, just two days ago, I went to one of the many trails you can do in Griffith Park, which is where the observatory is. Mm -hmm. Um, and ended up doing this, uh, a gal who's been taking classes here at the studio recommended it. And it's just this like gorgeous uphill and you like kind of, as you go uphill, you get these gorgeous views of the, the valley and then you get to the top and you get a whole view of the city. It's really cool. Um, and the, my, the the hills in the valley like just driving down one of the main roads and just seeing i mean they're not really mountains quite yet but they look like mountains right <laughs> it's just, i'm obsessed like i can't get enough of the hills they're just so gorgeous i love it yeah i, I always like driving around because it's, with the skater minds every now and then you're like oh there's that ledge from that video like those are the random okay, ass things everywhere like kids and parents skateboarding yeah. yeah it's like a bike ride culture but it's on their skateboards yeah i forget where someone in somebody in georgia was asking what my accent was from because i don't have like a decidedly long island accent or brooklyn right. accent it comes out when i've been drinking for sure and i'm yeah. like well i think it was you know combination of levittown long island and watching way too many movies and skateboard videos and yeah. i think they, they nullified each other out a little bit um but but yeah i i can't wait i gotta get out there and see you it's been a long time yeah. I think I was in San Diego in 2013 for something with Hankin working with the Marines. Maybe 2014. Yeah. I think I had just started MFF. So it's been, yeah, it's been almost four that. years. Yeah. Um, we got a studio now. We got plenty of kettlebells. Yeah. I know. We'll make something happen. We'll make something happen. Did I ever tell you that all the kettlebells were funded by donations from people back in New York for the most part? Do they all have names? They will. I haven't gotten to that part yet, but... A certain donation level, people got to comm commemorate kettlebells. And so everyone's going to have a, a face on a magnet and they're going to live on the mirrored wall or on the kettlebell. So like if you come and visit and you want to swing Michael Keeler between your legs and Andrew Cole. Who doesn't? Could, yeah. Or like, you know, a double rack of um, Caitlin Condy, something like <laughs> that. Yeah. So it, it'll be fun. It'll be a good way to make it fun and like some fun social media stuff too. That's awesome. Well, I'm just really happy and, and proud of you. And, you know, I, uh, you know, we, so uh, MFF has weekly, you know, staff meetings and our staff meetings are pretty open, you know, dialogues about just about anything. And, you know, they, I think in any fitness business, even when they're successful, like you can find a ceiling uh, 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 where there's just 
we have to expand into like a bigger garden to grow. Right. Mm -hmm. And I just think you're doing that. And I'm just so impressed by the guts it takes to do it, you know, like, and again, it's one thing to be like, I'm going to open my own spot locally, but to go across the country and really shoot for it is, is huge. So, uh, I wish you nothing but success on all of this. Uh, you're going to crush it. Uh, can you tell the listeners uh, where to find you? What's the best way for them to find you and go, go get some classes on? Um, so we are in, technically we're in North Hollywood, but we're on the Southern end of North Hollywood. So we're really close to, um, Studio City, Toluca Lake and Burbank. We're just like 10 minutes over the hill from Hollywood. So even getting over the hill for those of you out here, it's really not that big of a, uh, a, a challenge. Um, we are about 10 minutes from Warner Brothers, five minutes from Universal. So we're really close to all the studios. Uh, we are on Lancashire Boulevard and our website, you can just go there and all the links are there is hkfitnessla.com. That's um, hkfitnessla is all of the handles and the whatnots. Um, got a pilot season promo. You get 10 classes for 150 bucks. It's pretty sweet. It's very sweet. And, um, yeah. And then like two for one to come try us out, stuff like that. So um, lots of opportunities. This is our first round of Snatch. We'll be doing one again, uh, like April, May. So, awesome. Yeah. Sweet. Hey, Steph, can you tell the listeners to die mighty? Um, yeah. Do I just say those words? Yeah. You can just say, hey, whatever, right. go die mighty. All right, listeners. Thanks for tuning in to the Fury and Steph show. <laughs> <laughs> die mighty, peeps. Cool. Thanks for coming on, Steph. Again, I'm, I'm just like, I'm kind of beaming here for you. I'm, I'm stoked. Uh, listeners, go check out Steph's stuff, uh, especially if you're in the LA region. If, if you've just, she's going to crush it out there. If you've ever sort of wanted to get, we've had people from MFF on before and, and just to get a sense of what we're doing, but also that how we make it our own uh, as individuals, I, I would highly go recommend go check that out. Um, check out HK fitness. And if you're interested and you're still in New York, this is weird. Cause I don't have to compete with this at all anymore with some of the New York guys. Like, Hey, if you want to train or take uh, online training with me, personal training with me, or classes have started today at Fury industry yes. in Gowanus, Brooklyn. So if you're anywhere in the Gowanus area, South slope, sunset park, red hook, Carroll gardens, park slope, whatever, come on uh, and head over to coachfury.com slash services or coachfury.com and look through the tabs. Uh, read my reviews so you know I'm legit. Um, I think I'm pretty legit. I think and so. Come train with me at Fury's place. This is small group classes. So we have only six people in a class. So we're going to talk about like a level of attention. And look, I'm going to pat myself on the back here. If we're using kettlebells, ultimate sandbags, and original strength modalities in these classes... I certify people in all of these things more or less. <laughs> so when you're talking about a level of care, at least on these things, I know what I'm doing. And if you want to talk about programming skills, like I'm a former class design manager of MFF and uh, I've had a hand in versions of Snatch, later versions of Snatch. Um, I'm not doing Snatch, don't get me wrong on that. But like, those are the things you should trust. It's funny. It didn't come up in the conversation, but when we talk about coaching, whether it's online or in person, it's really like how, how much uh, engagement can you make with the people? Mm -hmm. How smart can you program and how quickly and efficiently can you cue? Uh, it's really, that's the game, right? Those yep. are the three things. Uh, so folks, I'm really excited to be teaching classes in here. When I left MFF, it was like, I didn't realize how much I was going to miss teaching classes um, it was really fun when I was at Body Reserve and then when that place uh, sadly closed, uh, trying to figure out the best way to do this. And I just want a bunch of cool people to be like, I'm going to go train at Fury's Place. So uh, check out CoachFury.com. Final plug of the night. If you want to support this podcast, uh, and I, I, I've, I'm really, I, I never took this too seriously in terms of support. Visit Patreon.com slash CoachFuryPodcast, P-A-T- R-E-O-N.com slash Coach Fury Podcast. I've taken a very do-it-yourself approach to this podcast, thanks to Strength Faction. Uh, I don't have any microphones. I have like a headset that makes it look like I'm playing Halo um, or Warcraft. I look really nerdy on it, especially with the bald head. I want to get some microphones and a mixer because I realize I travel and I teach and I meet a lot of cool people and I want to bring this on the road a little bit more than video conferencing through my laptop. 
Um, I'll still do it this way. So if you want to donate some money, patreon.com, become a patron. Even if it's like a buck an episode or uh, a couple bucks a month, it'll all help. Uh, I'm continually surprised as we've hit episode 23 how wow. much this podcast is starting to, to mean to me and the feedback that I'm getting, even showing up like in Georgia and, you know, people have listened to multiple episodes of the show. So thank you for all the listeners. Thank you for my current Patreon, Patreon, patrons, patrons. <laughs> you know who you are, guys. I love you and I really appreciate it. Um, folks, again, huge thanks to Steph for coming out. Uh, it's always great talking to the MFF family. And yeah. as always... Uh, the metal music provided by the FTW, the amazing artwork by Glenn Urieta, um, Ridge Carpenter for creating the Die Mighty logo, and my wife Kim for making the Die Mighty shirts. Teespring.com slash live long die mighty. Okay, that was the last <laughs> chill. Uh, stay tuned. So, folks, next week is the fourth week of the powerful women in fitness month of the Coach Fury podcast. Whoa. Now, that doesn't mean. That doesn't mean that we're not going to have another woman right away. It just means I ended up with a bunch of dudes in a row just because of scheduling, and I wanted to correct that. So we're, we're, we're in it. We're in it right now because this is a, a fair trade show. And I'm, like, just really stoked on getting a lot of different women's perspectives on stuff, uh, I think on all fronts, because there's a lot of similarities, and then there's some key differences, and it's been rad. So stay tuned for the next guest. I will announce it tomorrow. Unless this is like a week old already and then it's already announced and you can just look it up. I'm dragging this out. Yeah. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. The Coach Fury Podcast is created, owned, and produced by yours truly, Steve Coach Fury Holliner for Fury Industries LLC. Music provided by the FTW. Visit the ftw.nyc.com for band, album, tour, and merchandise information. And the artwork is created by Glenn Urieta. Visit glennurieta.com. That's G-L-E-N-N-U-R-I-E-T-A. Or on Instagram, at Glenn Urieta. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone.